0: It's like every fucking stool, no matter on what, it doesn't matter what I do, it always has a wobble wobble. What the fuck? Is it because the ground is moving? Is it because people don't know how to measure? I don't understand. All I want, listen, listen, I just want a fucking stool that is secure so when I sit on it, I can actually do this fucking podcast. I mean, how fucking hard is that? A stool, how much does that cost? Jesus Christ. Joker here. Welcome you to another edition of the Knife Party Podcast, where we leave it all on the cutting room floor. And without any further ado, please let me welcome your host, Zachary Evergreen <laughs> Love that joker Welcome again to the Knife Party Podcast I'm of course your illustrious host Zach Evergreen Zach is spelled Z Alpha Charlie Hotel and Evergreen is just like how it sounds You can find me on anything if you look hard enough most importantly though you must go patreon.com slash knife for only one dollar you get a bunch of awesome specials and you get everything released early and often there's not ads up yet but as i speak they might be coming up if elijah does his job also he needs to get me a fucking stool so today we're we're talking about a this is episode 30 and I was like, oh, man, episode 30, you know, that's that's kind of a landmark. I mean, I've done, you know, little specials and, and other episodes that would make this beyond 30. But I mean, this is my 30th movie review uh, in a way. So that's awesome. And um, I, I remember a conversation I was having with, uh, you know, uh, Jeff Ugly Shoes. And we were talking about, you know, vampire movies and and how there's not a lot of good ones. And werewolf movies, there's, there there really isn't and um the number 30 is like you know it's divisible by three it's kind of a big number and I was just like oh man you know it's been a while we were just you know bullshitting and and we we're talking about Lost Boys uh during that and I said you know I haven't seen 30 Days of Night in a while I wonder if it holds up because I remember I I've only seen that movie three times okay I watched it uh obviously I'm that's the review spoiler alert if you can't read and or you just were jogging or doing your exercises and this is just the next one that came up or do, I'm doing 30 days of night just you know. Um but uh Lost Boys has goddamn good effects and the vampires are you know they're pretty scary. You know, I mean David looks like he could take me. I mean, I wouldn't want to fight him. Um you know. I mean, he's incredibly good looking, young and capable and can ride a motorcycle. And, uh, I'm none of those. Um, I could take Michael though. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure I could take Michael pretty easily. What the hell am I talking about? Yes. So, um, and then there's, there's other movies Dracula, obviously, you know, uh, that's a good movie. Interview the Vampire is okay. Um, actually I'm going to say it's, it's, it's good. Uh, Sam's Lot, I've not seen in years. I'm going to re-watch that. But there's really a, not a lot of good vampire movies, especially with this whole... It's not going out anymore, but 10 years ago, with all the sparkly shit and everything else. But um, this movie's actually scary. Uh, the vampires in here are actually really, really terrifying. Um, all of them are. that Because this this movie is... Okay, the whole time watching this, I was thinking man, this really does harken back to like survival horror. There, when the game Resident Evil came out, it really introduced kind of a new genre of horror. And that is, cause you didn't really see it before the year 1996, 1997, except with George A. Romero's series. Like for instance, Dawn of the Dead. I'm not even gonna say Night of the Living Dead, cause Night Living Dead is kind of situational. But Dawn of the Dead, they actually are surviving. They have to run around and find supplies and do this and do that and move to room to room and everything else. And that kind of started this whole, like... And then, obviously, when the video game came out, there was a lot of movies came out, like, around it, which were kind of in a different genre of horror than a lot of other ones were. The Mist comes to mind. That is a great fucking movie. I'm definitely going to cover that. But the idea that is, you don't bunker down for too long. You have to move. You have to get supplies. It is a long burn, not a short burn. If you think about aliens, if you think about alien, those happen in the span of two to three days tops, right? If you think like, I always talk about this, like in movies, like, oh, this movie seems like 30 days a night takes in place of 30 days. They even let you know uh, this movie's in four acts, so they go like act one like ends, you'll say day seven, you know, act two ends. This is like day 18, you know. So you actually get to see kind of like there's the cigarette burn, there's the marker, this is where our new act is gonna come in. And uh the cool thing about survival movies like this is it is a long burn. It's not the things that happen. Um in, in a escalation, it's the things that happen at a constant. This is not a mountain. This is a molehill. It's, it's, it's a plateau. You get to an intensity level and you stay there. It's not like the shining where you climb up, 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 up. And then we go down, 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 down. Right. It's not like jaws. It's, uh, we're constantly on high alert kind of thing. Um, one could argue Alien is kind of like that. Maybe it's the first. I don't think so. But, I mean, that's more of a haunted house where this is really like a bunker down, let's see if we could survive kind of thing. Um, There's many movies that come out before this, and there's many, a lot of movies and series that came out after this. But the reason why I think this movie is so good is because it's everything Shaun of the Dead wanted to be and failed at. It's everything a lot of... These series tried and failed at. And what that is, is this fucking movie is a real survival horror. You do not want... These vampires are not romantic. They will tear you apart. Um, they are very, very vicious, devastating, Nesfratus, That they, they do not give a shit. They will kill you. They will murder you. And, and they're not dumb. It's not like Zombie Land. It's like these guys are always on the roofs just waiting for you to come out of your house. And they're just waiting for you to move. And they even use lures and tactics and traps. and, uh, uh, you know, zombies, I don't they don't scare me. I mean, they look scary. They're rotting people, but I mean, honestly, they're slow. Anyone that knows how to kick somebody in the knee could could bring down a zombie pretty easily, right? I mean, you know, it's very comical in a lot of these movies with zombies when when people get taken down with them. I'm like, really, dude, come on now. I don't want to be the black guy in the theater, but for real, like anything. Please do not cancel me over that shit. You know exactly who you are, and you know exactly how funny that is, because you've been there, or you're that person. I am both. All right, I'm going to open a beer now. Cancel beer. All right, so uh, let's get into it, shall we? 30 days of night. Um, very very awesome in my in my survival horror movies this would be number one in my vampire movies this would be probably hmm either three or four yeah because i'd say lost boys is definitely number one lost boys is great you know it's it's got something for everybody it's a fucking great movie it looks great it's funny it's comical you could show it to your mom. You know what I mean? It's not like that kind of horror movie. Interview with the Vampire is probably number three. Uh Dracula is number two, just because the costumes, everything else. But for a horror movie, like I'm going to watch a scary horror movie, and I just happen to be in a vampire mood, this would probably be number one. But on the list is number four, and there's a couple of things I have wrong with it. But it, it's nothing against the movie. It's just me personally. Um, cause this doesn't play out like a vampire movie. As I said, this plays out like a, you know, a survival horror shit's coming down. Things are coming to get you movie. It's, we don't have one, well, we do have one main vampire, but you know what I mean? It's just not, there's no really lore except for sunlight. There's no, and they're brutal killers. And I even have problems with a little bit of this, but we'll get into it. So, all right, let's start out. Um, So, uh, Steve Niles, he's the uh, writer and creator, and uh, Borough City is the northernmost part of Alaska and the Americas. It's um, the, if you, if you are in America and you want to go the northernmost point, there you go. Uh, It does have 30 days of night, and this happens frequently. Um, I don't know how frequently. I mean, you know what? I was only there watching for 30 days, but apparently I was actually in New Zealand because that's where this was filmed. Isn't that funny that it was taking place on the northernmost part of the world and then yet it's filmed in the southernmost part? And I don't know why they didn't do it there. Maybe because the conditions were very, very tough? I'm not sure. I do know for a fact that this uh, had had a budget of... Uh 39.6 million dollars and it it didn't make that in the box box office. It made 30. So it actually lost money. This was a lose lose. In fact, it got a 51% on Rotten Tomatoes. The audience score was 49. Um, and I agree with them when this came out. I thought this was a dumb movie. Um, I thought it wasn't necessary, and I think the reason why it was Josh Hardnett. And a bunch of other things that just kind of threw me from the movie. And I thought, like, why are they making a zombie movie about vampires? You know, now looking back, this movie came out in 2007. So is it retro? I don't know. It'd be a sophomore in high school. So I guess it's kind of retro. I mean, it's legal in some states, if you know what I mean. So I would consider it retro. I mean, it's not before the year 2000. So, but, you know. The days keep coming, so uh, things that you thought were new a little while ago, they're no longer. And things that you thought weren't retro turn out to be right. Re- Let's put it this way. If you went and saw this when you were, like, 12 years old, you'd be in college past by now. So, yeah. It's, it's pretty retro. Fuck that. How about this? If you even remember who Josh Hartnett is, then, then it's then you know you're kind of old because he was kind of like a teen heartthrob thing for a moment. He was in a few movies. He was, God, he was in a couple of teeny movies too. Um, I don't know which ones they were, but I guarantee my wife can name all of them. Um, But he was kind of like a pretty boy face guy not meant to be an action star by any means. And he kind of is in this one and he's hard to believe at first if you grew up with him. But then as the movie goes on, you're like, oh, you know what? This actually does does make sense. Uh, shit, let's see. Ghost House Productions uh, did this. Uh, David Slade was the director. Um, Brian Nelson was the script writer. Uh, let's see what else. It's based off a graphic novel, which I've never read. I do love these graphic novel movies, though. I mean, man... When people go, I like comic book movies, I know exactly what they mean. They mean they like the Avengers, et cetera, et cetera. Bullshit, bullshit, Marvel, 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 PC, hate white males. Um, When you say graphic novel, I go, ooh, because I think this movie. I think Dark City. I think The Crow. I think uh, Watchmen. I think Scott Pilgrim. There's so many. I I even would put Deadpool in that kind of or... If you guys haven't seen it, I don't know if Disney's going to take it and delete it. They may have already have. But if you haven't watched uh, Punisher, the Netflix series, do yourself a favor. It's really good. And the first season, uh, there's two seasons of that. And then there's one season of Daredevil. And then after that, it gets shitty. But uh, the, you got to see the first season of Punisher. It is... Whew. Talk about antiheroes, man. That is a graphic novel in itself. So it's, anyway, it's based on all this, um, Weta Workshops, you probably heard the name Weta Workshops and go, Oh, what was that from? Well, I don't know if you remember those three little movies that came out that like won every fucking award ever in New Zealand. And that would be the Lord of the Rings series. And, uh, that was Weta Workshops did all the makeup, the effects, the everything, right? Now, obviously they're getting paid a lot less than this, but, um, they did all the vampire effects and stuff and, uh, the practical effects. And a lot of this was done practically. There is very, very little CGI. I could spot CGI now, like a motherfucker. I like you put me in a room and I could spot something CGI. Like if you were to have a thousand screens with a thousand movies playing all at once, I guarantee I can go pause there that CGI or actually, you know what? It'd be more like the other way around to be like, can you point at something that's real? And I would just sit there and go, that one's real. Um, CGI is used in this, but it's used very well. It's only used a few times. Um, mo- mainly practical effects here, especially on the monsters. Obviously, all the vampires have like real prosthetics. Um, there, there is a lot of decapitation in this movie, and all, a lot of those are uh, practical. The only ones that really aren't is with the snow cutter scene. Um, there's an explosion scene, and then, of course, there is a vampire being burned by a lamp scene um and also uh the end scene there's a vampire dies uh but um it it does look good it's it's used very 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 well and not overused more on that um this is one of the last films uh that is proud to actually come out and say hey we use celluloid cuz they wanted to use, um, as every movie company does to save money, they want to use digital. You know, well guess what? Um, filming at nighttime, digital doesn't really hold up. Everything kind of starts to look like a checkerboard. You know, you get those little pixelation confusions. Whereas in in film, you don't get that. So a lot of this movie was filmed in uh, old school celluloid, and obviously it wasn't. It wasn't as hard as now, because it's really hard now to get that, but they actually had to look and go get some and and try to track some down because um, it's very flammable. Um, it's, It's not what normal people use to film movies anymore. Everyone uses digital because you don't have to, like, reload the film and it doesn't cost so much money, et cetera, et cetera. You could just hit, like, delete and refilm, you know. One would say, one would argue, to be fair... That I actually do a celluloid podcast Seeing how This is why I always say I do radio. I don't don't fucking do podcasts. Because if I fuck up, I'm not going to delete this. And it's not out of laziness. It's because don't you like an unedited, real, raw radio show and not some produced CGI throw-in-drops-here-and-there-and-bleep-out-stuff podcast? I mean, that seems lame, doesn't it? I like my shit to be spontaneous and real, and I don't want it to be fake. All right. Where the hell was I? Yeah, so they uh, filmed in celluloid a lot, and the reason why is to get that nice, those blacks, because this was actually filmed for six and one-half weeks um, in all-night shoots. All-night shoots. I saw a making of this, and it's funny because you see people just at the end of this movie filming. They're just dead tired and you could actually tell why too cuz this movie this movie ain't slow this movie does not take a breath it is very very fast it is like in a way it's it's got like a terminator feel where you always feel like our characters are running for something even though they bunker down for long periods of time it still seems like they're they're running and they're always being chased, and they're always in need of something, and there's always a goal to be had. So that really does give it a cool uh, energy to it, you know. All right, so uh, let's see. Oh, yeah. During the filming, over 200, sorry, uh, 20,000 cups of coffee were, uh, and this is measured in 8-ounce increments. Um, that's a lot of coffee. Um, yeah. I mean, think about it. Six and a half weeks of filming. Okay, that's under two months. You know. Um, How many cups of coffee do you think you have a day? Like maybe two, maybe one, maybe zero. There's some maniacs out there do five or six. I'm one of them at times. 200,000, or sorry, 20,000 cups of coffee. That's a lot of fucking coffee. All right. Let's get on with the movie, shall we? Um, there is a very good trailer and I was going to play it but I decide not to because whoever made this trailer, A, either really likes cinema or B, really likes video games because it's not, uh, here's what's going on, here's the movie in, in a minute and a half. It, the trailer was very like images and words on the screen like words like they've existed for years but instead of going they have existed for years in the shadows they will return instead it just showed images of some of our victims and it just had words like they've been here for centuries you know and then it fades off and stuff and it it, it actually is a really effective it does not mean it translates very well to podcasts so that's why I'm not airing it. But, you know, um, go look it up when you see this movie. Um, I bought this on Amazon a long time ago. I don't know where you could stream it, but I guarantee you could probably find it. Um, Again, it got a 51% on Rotten Tomatoes. I don't agree with that shit whatsoever. I'm going to give this a straight up uh, 89. And the reason why it's not 90 is because I think they could have slowed down the pace a little bit. They throw out a lot of, let's just get to it, shall we? Here we go. Okay, opening. Uh, we start in Burrows Alaska, and we see the stranger. And he's kind of our main, one of our main characters. Uh, he's in a parka, and he's looking out like an old ship. Like, you don't know if it's crew, like, it looks like an old military ship. You know, it's behind him. And he turns to face front, and you could tell that there's like a little dinghy that he took from that ship to get here. And uh, it just got like kind of an ominous feel to it. And he just walks through the snow, and it it actually, this is the music that's playing. This is called uh, The Last Sunrise, I believe. And uh, he just looks upon the town, and you you see that he's just, there's something up with him. His eyes are not right, and his teeth are fucked up, and you could just see that, like, yeah, something's something's going on there. And uh, anyway, after that, you see these two sheriffs. There's Billy and Edmund. Um, Eben is uh, Josh Hartnett's character, so that's he's the main character. I'm going to say his name a lot. It's E-B-E-N. Watching it, I thought it was Evan, and I had to go back when I like actually looked at the IMDb. I'm like, his name's Eben? What the fuck? Just name him Evan. Jesus Christ. Anyway, um, so they're at this like bonfire, and they see all these cell phones. They call them satellite phones because this is back in the day. They're like, who would burn all these? Why wouldn't you just use it to make prank phone calls or whatever? Like, this is a prank, but there's a whole pile of them. So, obviously, this is when uh, cell phones or satellite phones were very new, and you didn't carry it on you at all times. I remember when I first got a cell phone, it wasn't in my pocket at all times. It was usually, like, somewhere, you know, kind of like a cordless phone where you just have it plugged in. Oh, shit. Why am I yawning? I'm not even tired. Okay, so they're all burned up. And, uh, uh, you know, Evan is, or Eben, sorry. He's like, you know, I don't understand why anyone do this. If it was kids, they'd leave a note or, you know, a fuck you or whatever. And then, so, but we, we, we cut back to town and everyone's leaving because we're about to have 30 days of full darkness and some people can't handle it. So the population is something like 700 or something, something five, five to 700. I forgot exactly what it was. Um, But it cuts down to about 152, if it doesn't mistake me, because half the population, or more than half, um, only about 20% of the population stay behind during this darkness. Everyone else just kind of, you know, buggers off, does their own thing. And uh, we see a montage of just like a lot of people, the townsfolk saying goodbye to one another, and including husbands and wives. Um, Sometimes the families will go away and the husband will stay behind or, you know, the wife... I, we don't see that I'm just trying to be like you know non-binary for all you <laughs> proud family is a great show um anyway so uh then we see a kennel and a bunch of dogs and they all get murdered with a k bar if you don't know what a k bar is think about like the uh um the the Rambo knife you just see this hand walk in with a K-bar and all these dogs barking, and they're all fucking murdered, and it sucks. And I hate that, but, you know, it's a movie. I can't be mad at the movie for being a movie. It's a movie. Movie's going to do what's going to do. Okay, um, let's see. So uh, he gets a call to investigate, but um, at the same time, Stella, who's his ex-wife, or girl, or you don't know. You know they had a relationship. Um, she she gets hit by a ice cutter, which is a giant tractor with a fucking huge chainsaw, and we're talking like a six foot chainsaw that comes out of this thing. It looks like something that Guar would use, um, and it it just annihilates her car. She's okay, and uh, uh, the driver comes up and he's like, "Oh shit, are you okay? Oh, is you still cool?" So she needs a ride back. Now, she's trying to get out of here in time to make the flight because once this flight leaves, everyone's stuck there for 30 days. She's a fire marshal from Anchorage, Alaska, but she just so happens to be here. And her backstory is that she's actually either engaged or married or we don't know. I think either married or engaged. I'm pretty sure married to Evan, Josh Hartnett's character. Um. So anyway, yeah, she gets hit by that uh, uh, that cutter and it's um, driven by a guy named Malachi, by the way, who we don't see later. He's killed right away. But I, I kept pressing the pause and doing the X-ray thing on here because they don't say a lot of their names in this movie. So I can go that guy driving this, that guy driving that, because they introduce probably about 25 characters and they only give audibly probably about eight or nine of them names. The other ones you don't the vampires all have one names and they're all actually really cool. And you would, they never say each other's n- names. You just know them as the main vampire, the bald vampire, the, the head girl vampire. So I'm going to work us through that. Cause I actually uh, did my due diligence anyway. She misses her flight Um She was going. She called Eben to give her a ride, but he sends down um, uh, Billy, who's another sheriff, to pick her up because he doesn't want to deal with it. As he checks on the dogs being murdered, you know, he's got to he's got to show up for that. So they go to this waste uh, management place, and um, we see a grinder, which is obviously foreshadowing. And he goes, "Yeah, like you know, I I don't know who would have done this." And then and then uh, uh, Eben goes to John is the name of the killer, and he goes. So you didn't piss anybody off, you no know enemies, and he's like, no. Nope. So now here's the point where uh, we see uh, uh, there, there's a commercial hel- helicopter pilot, too, there, and he's like, yeah, they destroyed my helicopter, everything's fucked up, um, you know, not a peace fit remains, this and that, you know. And then, and we're really wondering what the fuck's going on, because... You know, someone's killing off the dogs. Someone's bird off the cell phones. Someone's taking out the helicopter. We, as viewers, know. Oh, yeah, you're just you're fucked. There's you're fucked. That's exactly what this is. Of course, we don't exist with vampires, and we're watching a movie, so we're doing. Uh, what do they call that? Arm armchair quarterbacking or something like that. Hmm. Okay. So uh, now we are going to cut to Gus, right? So Gus is a telecommunications worker, I guess. He's in like a trailer and he's got a bunch of satellites. And um, what I would like to think, because I don't know, is that he makes sure that everyone has cell phone coverage and Internet coverage. Um, But anyway, he's going to get attacked and uh, we don't see what happens to him but he hears a noise outside, and then he's, and then he's gone. And then we also see a couple of oil refinery. Um, there's three of them, I believe. Hold on, I'm talking out of my ass. Let me actually look at my notes for a second. All right, give me a second. Candles and the dogs, firefighters. Evan sees damage in the kennels. Minor foreshadowing, cut to Gus. Back to our stranger, Ben Foster, who orders a whiskey and a hamburger. Oh, yeah, okay, there it is. So uh, now we cut back to our stranger, and he is at a diner, and he's like, you don't got no whiskey. You don't got no wine. She goes, no, we don't serve alcohol during during the night. People are crazy as it is, and he goes... All right, why don't you get me a bowl of raw hammer? She goes, There's only two ways to get meat frozen or charred. he goes, You're not gonna give me what I want, will you? Josh Hardnett's character, Evan, walks in, goes, sits down, and he goes, Hey, buddy, you know, <laughs> what's going on here, man? And he's like, i don't know you and then evan's like all right all right all right hey let's we're, we're gonna take it outside real quick we're gonna it's like you're not gonna do nothing and then the stranger gets up in his face and even though josh hartnett is kind of the littler guy you know in general if you were to saw him with his baby face he'd be like i could fucking take that guy he actually towers over the stranger, but the stranger is still way scarier. He must only be like five foot seven, but he's everything that is creep. I mean, when you just hear his voice going like, "I'd like to see you try that," you're like, "Shit, fuck, man, that guy is a creep." Um, he basically tells him to fuck all, and uh, then he starts to attack. Uh, Eben, but then we see a gun hit the back of his head and he stops talking and this is Stella's gun. Um, And Stella and uh, uh, Eben take the stranger into custody, right? Sorry, I'm turning pages. I have a lot of notes. Oh yeah, so the three of... Refinery workers, they're planning an orgy, by the way. There's uh, one girl and two guys. And if you ever worked at a refinery, that is some rare numbers, baby. It's usually like two girls for every 30 guys. And so if a girl is even decently attractive at the refinery, she's like a 10. Anyway, it, it look, if you're not the best looking girl in the world, and I know I'm not the best looking guy. I'm just telling you what. Go to the refineries and work. You'll make money, and I guarantee you will have your pick of the litter. In refinery, dudes make money. They might not be good looking either, but hey, man, I'm just giving you some life lessons. There you are. So, um, then they go investigate what happened to you know Gus, as I as I mentioned, the communications guy. His head is on a pike. It's the only thing there, right? So now, John and his wife, a.k.a. they're the the owners of the kennel, right? You know, they get attacked by a vampire. A vampire just... He's sitting there, like, thinking, like, what to do? And she's like, you know, just come have dinner. Like, you know, John, are you okay? Come in here. Right... And he's just sitting there thinking. And right then, like, out of the silence, you just see a vampire just bust through the window and just tear shit up, right? And, uh, uh, and then we get this a shot on the stranger like oh he knows what's going on you know what i mean you know, like we just it just gives him a shot like we know he has something to do with it obviously if you put two and two together the stranger is the one who killed the dogs and destroyed the cell phones and and the helicopter making so the vampires can't escape um i really like the stranger he's probably my f- mm. second favorite character in this movie Sucks what happens to him, but we'll talk about when we get there. So now we have Evan and Stella, and they're going to uh, start the generator, right? And a vampire, this is at the the communication station. Uh, Vampire jumps out of the roof, and, um, oh, on their roof. Yeah, so they're there, they're driving. Vampire jumps on the roof, and he takes a bullet, and they keep on driving off, right? And then uh, they have to double back. They have to double back to, our, uh, uh, to, to the stranger. Um, and we see the stranger. He says some creepy-ass shit. And this is to, like, you know, the grandma who's in the station and to, like, you know, the brother who's in the station. I think the brother's name's Jack. Grandma, I think they just call her Grandma. By the way, she grows weed because um, Eben, like, finds some marijuana. He goes, what the fuck's this, Jack? And he goes, that's Grandma's. Helps with her cancer. And he's like, no wonder you lived with her. So, you know, that's kind of a little foreshadowing. Anyway, but The Stranger's gonna say some creepy ass shit, and it's better if I just play it and actually get my P's and Q's together to see where I am in this fucking movie. Here we are. And I think if I press this button. Computer's down. I'll call Gus. Strange. Phone's down, too. Mr. and Mrs. Sheriff. So sweet. So helpless against what is common. It's just trying to freak us out. It's working. We have more important things to think about. I'll check on Gus. Check on Gus! Or the windows. Try to hide. They're coming. This time they're gonna take me with them. Honor me. Yeah. For all that I have done. They? Who are they? Kicked in I'm heading out to the cell tower We have to stay here with him Sure We'll keep an eye on him As soon as the lines are back up Get Billy over here Stay on the walkie talkie with me until the power's back. Of course, always that's my cue to turn down this fucking thing. I hate it when I get those clips, but you know what? You got to get in one way or another. So, yeah, that's when he goes out to go see Gus, is his head on his spike? all the power's out, all the phones are out, everything's out. And now when they drive in, We just see a bloody fucking massacre. We see like the vampires jumping down, they're they're destroying everybody in town. Like there's so many people in the streets. And we get a montage of this death and murder. It's awesome. It's really, really, really cool because you just see kind of like what panic would induce and how long you were able to survive when it's not just like one killer taking out one camp counselor at a time. But no, it's a whole you know, brood of vampires taking out a whole city. And, uh, but here's one of my problems. Um, They're just, uh, they actually did to make this movie a, um, like a a for real combat, uh, fuck, what'd you call it? Not dojo. Um, They made up a vampire martial art in this, and they actually practice it, and it's left slash, right slash, jump, and when you see him do it in the movie, it looks really good. And when you see him practicing, it looks pretty cool. You know, they actually had him do this martial art, but it's kind of the same over and over again. When you actually watch the movie, you're like, it seems like every death scene is is been done. Because it's done in this martial art. Now, the reason why they did it is they wanted to look um more real. But the only problem is a lot of the kills look exactly the same, even though they're not. You'll go That's stock footage. It's like, no, actually, it's not stock footage. They just were lazy about slash slash jump. You know, there's no, like, really, really cool vampire scenes, uh, fight scenes, until, like, the end. It's, It's always slash slash jump. That's one of the reasons why I have to knock this down. I mean, in Lost Boys, all the kills are great. You see Interview with the Vampire or Dracula, all the kills are spectacular, even though there's very few of them. In this one, we see a lot of kills, but they all look the same, slash slash jump. If anyone's ever played Blanca in Street Fighter 2, it's exactly what their fighting style is. Slash slash jump. That's it. Um, so anyway, what the fuck are they doing? Uh, they're doing something. Let's see. Oh, yeah. So now we have, like, uh, a, 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 they all show up in the diner, all the survivors, you know, because, um... Evan runs around earlier with with his uh, bolt horn and goes anyone with generator go inside if you don't go in the diner snowy so have our survivors in the diner and we get our first body count and we have um, Evan's grandmother two of the refinery workers that wanted to start the orgy with the girl by the way she lives throughout the whole movie spoiler alert because we never even get her name I think I think maybe they say it once I don't know I didn't even bother to write down because she doesn't really do anything important she's just there. Gus is dead, obviously. His head's on the spike. Uh John and his wife, they're the people that had the um the kennel. Uh and then um yeah, everyone is going ape shit in the street and being murdered, you know. So uh Evan and uh, Stella they're gonna go for flares and bear traps and uh, as survivors go to this house with a hidden attic. So there's this house that a couple of people know about. Um, the kids do Jack, uh, who is the younger brother of Eben knows about this. He has like a rope ladder attic and it's really hard to see. So the plan is, is get the survivors there and we'll figure out what we're going to do next. Even though they're in a diner where there's food. I don't know. Their idea of surviving is moving a lot, which makes sense and doesn't make sense at the same time. I think a diner would be a good place to hold up, even though it has a lot of windows, but that's just me. Um, also, would be cool to see a full movie happen in a diner. For whatever reason, diner scenes in movies just... Maybe it's Pulp Fiction. Got me a boner for diners. So, uh, anyway, they're going to go to this house that has this this attic, while uh, Stella and Evan are going to go for, you know, uh, flares, bear traps, bullets, et cetera, et cetera. Right? But then they're attacked... As they get stuck in the snow and the whole car is like flipped or the suv rather is is flipped over and um <clears throat> they're they're all stuck underneath the car as vampires are grabbing at them and then a snow plower uh comes and just and nails them now this snow plower is his name is brower he was originally given a ticket by evan in the very beginning Because he's just like one of those weird guys that like lives alone for no reason or not for no reason. He's obviously got his reason for living alone. But uh, he just, you know, lives alone there. And and, uh, even Eben goes, the reason why I wrote him a citation is so he has some feeling of belonging in this town. Anyway. Okay, so now Brower, Stella, and Eben... Uh, they go to the attic house and they find um, a pair of talkies and, you know, inside and they hear some gunshots and like, what the fuck? Um, then they go up to the attic and all the survivors are there and they're, you know, like, oh, thank God. you know. And then uh, they they're looking out the windows and a lot. of I'm not going to say a lot of this movie, but like this next whole act is kind of just in this attic and we kind of see what goes on. And I actually like this part a lot. Um, because it kind of slows it down. This movie is like a chase. the The whole movie. This kind of settles it back down, right? And I I do dig that. So they're looking out the window, and they just you just see corpses everywhere. You know, here goes another thing I have a problem with with this movie is if these vampires are so goddamn hungry, how come they just brutally kill everything and and they just kind of waste the blood? Like the blood just they bite them once or twice, and that's it. It's not like they grab them and store them and drain them or I mean, where's the practicality about this? You know, these guys are supposed to be, by the way, centuries old. Um, You know, really old. Take a movie like The Lost Boys, right? David's supposed to be really old. All the other ones aren't. David's naturally the leader. Now, they don't kill too often. In the movie, we see him attack, what, three times? You know these vampires have been waiting a long, long time because they only attack once a year, apparently, you know. And uh, they do a lot of biting and slashing and not a lot of sucking. So I don't know if they collect them later or what. I, I just think that would have been very good in this movie if they would have shown, you know, because the whole time I'm seeing them. They're, they're, they're sitting there, and there's a couple of scenes where they're just slashing and biting, and, and it just seems like Jason shit, not vampire shit. Anyway, it, just one of my—I don't even know where I was. Where was I? Oh, yeah, we cut to day seven, so this is actually act two. Shit, I'm already 40 minutes in. Um, So now the vampires are now using— uh, bait, so they use this girl named Christian she's like seven years old or something, or she's young, and they use her as bait, and Eben is like, oh, they're using his bait. I'm gonna go down there it's like dude you just you what did you just say anyway? so he goes down there like an idiot um and she gets slashed up, oh no, no, this is not a seven year old this is like a normal girl like teens or or early 20s she gets slashed up very slowly like i was just said and then consumed and then um we see uh john who's hiding underneath a house and he's like evan evan and they're like oh shit awesome you know like and they meet up and he's like how long you been down there and he goes i can't remember he's like you can't remember right and then turns out he was bit and now he's a vampire. So he starts turning and Evan doesn't know what to do. So Evan starts kind of walking back. He doesn't know if he should kill him or not. And then, uh, John gets tangled up in these, um, and these, uh uh, 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 swings, you know, like the chains from a swing set. And then when he's stuck there, Evan then decapitates uh, him. And this is one of many, there's a lot of acts decapitation, um, a lot in this movie. <laughs> and it's mainly done by him. So anyway, the pilot the pilot and his dad, who are safe in the attic, his dad starts freaks out and just says, I'm going now. And then so the pilot's like, no, you don't remember his helicopter was destroyed. I got to find my dad. And Stella tries to stop them both. And then she's knocked out for her good graces. And then we see the vampire Arvin. A-R-V-I-N. Now, this vampire... Okay, so there's three main vampires, right? There's the vampire bride, the girl vampire who looks kind of the creepiest. I... Wrote down her name somewhere, but I forgot it. Um, Then we have Merlot. Merlot is the main vampire, the the scary looking guy, but this guy is really creepy too. This is that bald vampire guy with the uh, weird tattoo on his head. Um, He, because of all this shuffling around, goes to investigate this house and finds out, oh shit, yeah, they've probably been staying here. So, uh, uh, you know, he's going over there. She gets knocked out. Evan comes back. Then our survivors are going to try to escape because there's a, a whiteout blizzard, and they need to make it to the general store for supplies, weapons, etc., etc. you know. Um, but horror ensues, though, because when they go there, there's like a little girl that attacks one of the survivors, kills him, and then is like, I'm done playing with him, and then she attacks, and then for her efforts, this is great, she gets... Fucking maced bear maced in the eyes with it, held down and then decapitated. And uh yeah, like I said, you're gonna hear the word decapitation a lot. So they stock up on uh root beers, norio cookies. Day 18, right? They finally hatch a plan. Evan creates a diversion while the survivors are gonna go to the station. He's gonna fire up his grandmother's generator. Now, here's what I mean. For whatever reason, now that they have food, they think that they're gonna be safer at the police station, right? So that's the idea to go back there, which is weird because they left there to go to the attic, but maybe the reason why they're moving around is it's beyond me, I don't know. I mean, in in a way it's I guess it's better to move around than hunker down cuz eventually they're going to find you. So if you move, you know, it's a good idea, but I mean, I get it. it. It just it's I just feel it's weird in this movie how they choose to move and why. So, um, it's Billy's idea that, that he would volunteer to do it. And then Evan says, Evan says he'll do it. And then his brother Jake says he'll do it. And he goes, Jake, dude, you're 15 years old. And he goes, yeah, but I'm wider and I'm faster. And he goes, can you decapitate a fucking little girl? He doesn't say that exactly, but he basically says, you see what I just did back there? Are you able to do that two, maybe three more times? Which is funny because that's how many times he does it. Um. So it's decided that Evan will do the running. They're going to go to grandmother's house. Now, remember when I said that uh, Eben and Jake's grandmother's, uh smoked weed? Well, guess what? This is Alaska. You have to grow it. So she has grow lights. She has, like, those UV lights. And the uh, idea is that maybe if the vampires don't like light, maybe they won't like artificial light, right? So, um... That is the plan, and this is what they're going to do. So um, the trap actually does work. So the main female vampire that's like Merlot's bride or whatever, like, you know, they, they the vampires all circle the house. Evan runs. He turns on the generator, fires everything up, and he goes in the glow room. He takes off one of the lights, and he puts it face down, but he turns it on. Uh, sh- they're about to enter, and she wants to go in. And then Merlot, the main vampire, goes. Mm-hmm. By the way, they have their own language, which is really fucking cool. Um, their language is really, really awesome. Uh, and it is unique to this movie. By the way, like it's not based off anything. Um, so uh, she walks in, and uh, she gets blasted in the face by a grow light, and it actually does work. It makes her like. Left side of the face become just it looks like a burnt log, like it's all just ashes falling off charcoal, so yeah, anyway, um then the vampires go, fuck this, and they cut the power, and they're just gonna go get' him. this one Brower, remember this is the the tow truck driver guy um he 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 goes i'm I'm gonna save his ass, so uh he gets in <laughs> he, um. So he gets in, he's like uh, he gets on the radio and he goes, Hey, Evan, my turn. Meaning I'm gonna help you now because you gave us anyway. So uh now we go back to Merlot. He coup de gras is his vampire girlfriend. He's like, you know, what what is broken cannot be broken or some shit like that and she goes, You understand and then he bites her and he eats her, I guess. I don't know, consumes her. I guess consume would be the correct word. Uh but now we have Brower, and he's he's driving, and he gets into this uh, ice cutter, and he just tears up some fucking vampires, man. He's driving this tractor around, just chopping off heads. There's a couple of vampires again on the front, and he shoots them, and then they fall, and they and they get torn in half. It's awesome, and uh, and he's just tearing shit up. Like he probably kills about half of them. But then his his uh. uh his vehicle wrecks into this hotel and he makes his last stand. Right. And there's all these vampires around. there all kind of including, uh, uh, that bald vampire I mentioned. Um, yeah. And he's like, no one's going to eat me. I'm oh, sorry. I didn't mean to peek right there. No one's going to eat me. So he throws down uh, a flare in a box of flares because the flares in the, um, also too the, the, uh, bear traps were in the back of his, vehicle because apparently he was actually going to be the one doing it even though that was said it was supposed to be in it how's it bad point is, is a lot of vampires fucking die his whole hotel goes up in in flames and we think he's dead and we think all the vampires dead but a lot of vampires jump out and we're like oh they lived and then he's fine and we're like oh he lived too but then merlot comes up right and uh He's like, uh, uh he curb stomps him, and he goes like, "I don't have it written down, but it, but it's something of, if mankind is against an irresistible for or unmovable force, it will kill himself." But what he basically says, if we can't kill it, we will kill ourselves, as kind of a fuck you, to it. Which, you know, in fairness. I don't really think that's a bad trade about us. I mean, I'm the same way. If I can't have you, no one will. Marlo then curb stops uh, Carter, by the way. Um So, yeah, we see uh, Barrow gets curb stomped after this little exchange of of vampire talk. And uh, now we see that Carter... Sorry, I said Carter a second ago. I meant Barrow. Carter actually got bit by the little vampire girl, and so he's changing. Now there was six survivors, and he goes, now there's only going to be five because of this. And uh, he... Tells Evan, Eben about, you know, how his wife got killed in an automobile accident and that, you know, his daughter was there too and he can't live forever and he doesn't want to be a danger and he just wants to be executed. So Eben executes him um, with an axe. How many people has he decapitated yet? I think three. I think this is three. Right. OK, so now we cut to day 27. So this, this is the last act of the movie right? Um, Billy starts signaling. Remember, we haven't seen Billy in a while. Starts signaling with his light. And they're like, that must be Billy. Now, Billy went home to his family because they had a generator. All right. So they, they go over there. They being um, Stella and Eben, And we see that his family is underneath the covers in a bed. And, they look perfect meaning he shot and he killed them he said i heard the screams outside i didn't want them to suffer and then this upsets Eben to tears and it's it's all sad and the like and then we see that billy was going to kill himself but the gun jammed so um the station is deserted when they come back so they they come back right and they were just there now everyone's gone everyone's like okay what the fuck so um, they head to the streets, and they discover a nine-year-old girl. Now they're using a nine-year-old girl as bait, right? And this girl is just, like, wandering around. Now, instead of being slaughtered, like the first girl slowly, you know, Why, why everyone watches, Sella actually runs and jumps and grabs her. And they all split up, right? And they all run to, like, this waste management place that we've seen earlier, the, the foreshadowing with the with the helicopter pilot. And they're all there, and uh, uh, they don't know what to do. Now, Billy comes in, and he's crying out. He gets attacked. Now, the survivors are trying to fight off uh, the vampire Arvin, who's like the lieutenant, awesome, badass, bald vampire, right? But then they throw him in this grinder. Now, Billy has lost his arm. Oh, sorry. No, Billy. No, not the other Billy. All right. All right. Hold on. Jesus Christ. Carter was the original guy that, yeah, that was Carter, was the guy that asked to be terminated. This is Billy, the guy who killed his family. Sorry, they look alike, and I get them confused. So just to rehash, let's rewind. Um, Carter was the person that got bit at the store. Billy, we just found... That killed his family, all right? Now, they're both sheriff, and we only see him a couple of times in the movie, so I get them confused. I apologize. I'm just trying to clear that up. Anyway, Billy now gets in a fight with him. They throw him in the grinder, but not before Billy gets totally attacked and bit on the neck, and also uh, he gets his hand, like, just ripped straight off. And then uh, he is he's turning very quickly, and then... Uh, uh, So Evan decapitates him. I think this is his fourth decapitation this time. Stella contacts uh, uh, Evan finally on the radio. She's trapped underneath this, like, wrecked car, right? And all the vampires start breaking open pipelines. They're going to burn the whole fucking city down. They go, fuck it. Let's just burn it down. In fact, uh, Marlo goes... We've spent centuries making them think that we are nightmares. We need to stay nightmares. We cannot be found out. Kill everyone. Don't let any evidence of this. Right. So the plan is burn it all down. And Alaska has a lot of pipelines. Now they throw down one match and the whole thing goes up. And I'm like, I don't think so, movie. That's not how crude oil works. You need to get it hot enough. Now once crude oil gets really hot, it's impossible to put out. But it's hard to get it hot. It's like a, it's like a woman. You need to know where. Do the math. Um, Yeah, it's a diesel engine. You can't just start it and drive. You know, gotta warm up a little bit. Um, So then, I'm gonna put down my notes because I know exactly where we are. So then, Evan uh, uh, is talking to the last survivors. We have the refinery chick, we have the brother, and then we have him, and we have Stella, but Stella's underneath with the little girl. Underneath the car, she's gonna burn down. Now, remember, this is the last night. If they make it out right, they'll be fine. But Evan's like, she's gonna die, she's gonna burn to death. So he actually takes Billy's own blood. Wait, is it Billy or is it Char? It's one of the two. Uh, I think it's, I think it's Billy. And he injects himself with it and he goes, They were able to hold on to their senses for a while, you know. I'm going to do the same. I'm going to go out there and fight him. So now we get, like, he walks out and Marlo's like, oh, the one who fights. And they get in a vampire battle. This fight scene is actually pretty fucking cool. And there, there's just a couple of cool scenes. Like when when Evan's on the ground and Merlot kicks him in the face and the, the he just spins him one time over. Now, the ending of this fight is lame. It is very Mortal Kombat, though, because Eben does punch through Merlot's head, like, totally. Merlot has his number, though. Like, he beats the shit out of him for a while. And it's kind of cool because you see how uh, Merlot fights like a vampire, but Eben fights like a human. Uh, So, you know, there's some coolness to that. But eventually, Eben defeats Merlot. All the other vampires run off, and then... He and Shelly go and see the sunrise. You see Matt? He said he was going back and destroying that transformation equipment. Good idea. He's a fine boy too. (laughs) And that's Thirty Days of Night watching the sunrise got nothing, got nothing to do but get your box wait tomatoes, go to the this ending is really sad right there where do you think you're going my son and a lot of other people have worked hard on this movie you sit right there and watch these credits so I just thought it would be funny to put the return of Killer Tomatoes at the end to make you feel good. Did you guys have fun. Plus, you know what? I'll never get pulled from YouTube from using any music from Return of the Killer Tomatoes. So anyway, from all of us at the Knife Party, I'd like to say uh, thank you for listening. Remember to, you know, like. Share, all that good stuff. Spread the virus, if you were. Patreon.com slash NightPartyPod. You want to say hi? Pod at Yahoo.com. And that's about it. So if you'll excuse me, uh, I have to return some videotapes. Good night. so it's back to school. If only I can get me through it. Well, what'd you think of that one, Sid? That had to be one of the worst movies I ever saw. Yeah, but you know, it's all part of the business running turkeys like that. Hey, listen, Bob, when can we show that big-breasted women go to the beach and take their tops off yeah, again? I like it. Yeah, let's do that tomorrow, OK? All right. Who left those carrots in here? Hey, you carrots, get off the stage. What are those guys doing? Hey, wait a minute. You guys can't come in here. Look, what are do you oh, doing with those guys? Don't, don't that. Oh, no, no, no. Ah! movie tomorrow. <laughs> See you in France. <laughs>